today. Welcome to the November 7th, 2023 Lawrence City Commission meeting. We will start tonight off with an executive session and when we come back we will open it up 545 for comments from Sherry before we begin. So start with item A. Move to recess in the executive session for approximately 30 minutes to discuss employer-employee negotiations pursuant to the employer-employee negotiations exception as set forth in KSA 75-4319B3. The justification for the executive session is to keep employer-employee negotiation matters confidential at this time. The City Commission will resume its regular meeting in the City Commission room at approximately 531 after the executive session is concluded. Second. I have first and second all in favor. Aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes five to zero. We're in executive session. Okay, we're back from our executive session and we have nothing to report. We will reconvene at 545. Also, we need to Good evening, welcome to the November 7th, 2023 Lawrence City Commission meeting. We will start off tonight with Sherry, our city clerk, giving us a few instructions to begin with. Thank you, Mayor, and good evening, everyone. To minimize distractions during the meeting, please silence your cell phone. For those attending virtually, please ensure you are muted and your video is off when you are not actively participating in the meeting. The city reserves the right to turn videos off or mute virtual participants. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. When the mayor calls for public comment, please approach the podium to indicate you wish to speak. Those participating virtually should use the raise hand function to indicate they wish to speak. Please leave your virtual hand raised until you are called on. If you have any trouble, you can send a chat. All chats go directly to the meeting host. Please state your name before speaking and all comments will be limited to three minutes. Thank you. We will begin with the approval of the agenda item B. The City Commission reserves, reserves the right to amend, supplement, or reorder the agenda during the meeting. Are there, is there any commissioners who would like to reorder or change the agenda? If not, I'll ask for a motion. Move Move to, to, go ahead. Move to approve the agenda as presented. Second. We've got a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? It passes five to zero. We'll move on to item C, which is our proclamations. First proclamation is to proclaim November 4th through the 12th, 2023, as Salute to Veterans Week. We believe we've got Steve Rapp. Steve, hi. Good evening, Mary Larson and City Commission. I'm here uh, part of the uh, Lawrence Veterans Day Parade Association, an all-volunteer organization. If you missed it, the parade was Saturday, but we had a conflict with a, something called KU football. But that's okay. <laughs> we had a great parade. We had 50 entries. We had a lot of people down there. We had a flyover. It was a great time. But that's just the start of a whole week of events. And to explain the rest of it, I'd like to introduce uh, Brian from our KU Student Veterans. Mayor Larson, City Commissioners, my name is Brian Stonebreaker, uh, and as the President of the Student Veterans of America for the University of Kansas, uh, I along with my fellow officers represent 2,000 
military-affiliated students who call this institution their home. Our goal is to empower these students and ensure a successful transition from military to civilian life because each of these individuals brings a unique story, a wealth of experiences, and an unwavering commitment to our country. They are our future leaders, scholars, and advocates, and they deserve our recognition and support. I would like to take a moment to express our gratitude for the existence of spaces like the University of Kansas's Military Affiliated Student Center where our veterans and military-affiliated students can find solace, camaraderie, and understanding. It's a place where stories are shared, friendships are forged, and the strength of our military community is on full display. As we embark on this week of tribute and reflection, let us remember that the freedom we cherish has been protected by the sacrifices of our veterans and military-affiliated students. Together, we shall honor their dedication, celebrate their achievements, and ensure that they always find a welcoming home within our community. Thank you, Mayor Larson and City Commissioners, for your dedication to this noble cause, and thank you to all who join us remotely and here uh, in recognizing the importance of Veterans Day week. Together, we stand united in our commitment to express our gratitude and respect for the individuals who have served our nation so valiantly. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. I'll now read the proclamation. Whereas on November 4th, 2023, Lawrence saluted and honored its veterans through the annual Lawrence Veterans Day Parade Association, which highlights numerous local veterans. The parade was led by the Lawrence Veterans Day Parade's first female, Grand Marshal Jean Francisco, a U.S. Navy World War II wave program, and whereas on November 5th, 2023, the Dole Institute of Politics hosted a tribute to veterans gala in an evening with the Moonlight Serenata Orchestra, and whereas November on November 11th, 2023, is Veterans Day in a continuation of President Wilson's November 1919 proclamation of Armistice Day. On this day, which coincided with the World War I Armistice on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, is a national holiday. And whereas KU will host the following salute to service events. On November 8th, KU Women's Basketball versus Northwestern State. On November 10th, KU Wreath Lane Ceremony at 11 a.m. at the World World War II Memorial Campanile. On November 10th, KU Men's Basketball versus Manhattan. And November 11th, KU Football versus Texas Tech. And whereas KU Student Veterans of America and the KU Veteran Veterans Al Alumni Network are hosting their annual KU Vets Day 5K on November, tw November 12th. This year marks the 70th, 70th anniversary of the Korean War Armistice. And to commemorate this important event, these groups will pay tribute to all those who served and fought for our nation with the 12th annual KU Vets Day 5K. And whereas these local veterans organizations are nonprofit organizations and depend solely on the resources of interested businesses and citizens who on a yearly basis donate their time, their talents, and vehicles to sponsor these worthwhile charitable causes. Now therefore, I, Lisa Larson, the mayor of the city of Lawrence, Kansas, do hereby proclaim November 4th through the 12th, 2023, as a salute to our Veterans Week. Thank you, Steve. And our next uh, proclamation is to claim November 12th as Liberty Memorial Building Day, our local school. Oh. Hi there, I'm Jackie Stafford, um, and this is Barry Shalinski, and 
Mary Davidson. Mary Davidson. We are three of, I don't know, maybe a dozen or two members of a committee that has been working since last spring to uh, organize an event to commemorate, celebrate, and recognize 100 years of teaching and learning at Liberty Memorial Central Middle School, originally called Liberty High School, and then Central Junior High School. Um, many of you might know this, that the building was constructed as a memorial to Laurentians who fought and died in World War I. Um, if you haven't had an opportunity to be in the building, step into the building, I strongly encourage you to visit. Uh, this Sunday, the 12th at 2 p.m., we will be celebrating and rededicating the building, and we will have um, alumni, uh, both teachers and students in the building. We will have two of our former choir directors conducting uh, music, one of which is a song that was written for Liberty Memorial Central Middle School at the time. It was Central Junior High, I believe it was written for. Um, so we encourage everyone to come and celebrate the strong history of the building and also the future. I don't know. Um, I've taught in the building um, for over 15 years, and my two of my children, my two children attend it Central, and I live two blocks from there, so it's really a cornerstone of East Lawrence and a really important part of our history, and I hope our future going forward. Thank you. I'll read the proclamation now. Did anybody else have something they want to say? Okay, got it. Whereas on September 23rd, 1923, a newly constructed building at 1400 Massachusetts Street in Lawrence, Kansas, was dedicated as Liberty Memorial High School in memory of 19 former Lawrence High students who died in service in the armed services during World War I. And whereas its identity as Lawrence, Lawrence's Liberty Memorial Public School building, one of only a few in the nation, was reaffirmed in a 75th anniversary commemoration and rededication in 1998. And whereas the Liberty Mor Memorial building was, has served generations of students and their families for a century as a high school, a junior high school, and a middle school, and is a significant and integral part of the history and heritage of the city of Lawrence, Douglas County, and the state of Kansas. Whereas the Liberty Memorial building has been extensively renovated and restored to allow it to serve the students and community of USD 497 for generations into the future. And whereas the Liberty Memorial Building is once again being rededicated on November 12, 2023, the day immediately following Veterans Day to commemorate its 100th anniversary. Now, therefore, I, Lisa Larson, Mayor of the City of Lawrence, Kansas, do hereby proclaim Friday, November 20, uh, November 12th, 2023, as Liberty Memorial Building Day. Congratulations. I'd also like to say a special thank you to Commissioner Shipley for um, attending several of our meetings and planning and also for facilitating this proclamation and one from the governor as well. Thank you, Shipley. Okay, our last um, proclamation for the evening is for National Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Month of November. Hi, Misty. Hey. Thank you, Madam Mayor and Commissioners. Uh, my name is Misty Bosch-Hastings. I'm the Homeless Programs Coordinator for the City of Lawrence. I'm here tonight on behalf of the Housing Initiatives Division Homeless Programs Team. It's with profound gratitude and a deep sense of responsibility that I accept this proclamation in recognition of National Hunger and Homeless Awareness Month. I'm both honored and humbled to receive this 
acknowledgement, knowing that it symbolizes a collective commitment to addressing two of the most pressing issues affecting our community. Hunger and homelessness are not merely statistics or social challenges. They represent the struggles faced by many of our fellow community members. They encompass the basic rights of sustenance, security, human dignity that every individual deserves. This proclamation provides a platform to amplify our message to educate and to advocate for change. It allows for an opportunity to raise awareness about the root causes of food insecurity and homelessness and to acknowledge those who are affected. It also provides an opportunity to communicate how we as a community can empower and encourage those who are suffering with hunger and homelessness here in Lawrence and Douglas County. In the spirit of this proclamation, let us use this month not only to highlight these important issues, but to thank the service providers and stakeholders that play such a vital role in carrying out the services that empower individuals and families to help overcome them with their challenges. To those experiencing hunger and homelessness, your resilience and strength inspire us to do more. Your stories and struggles fuel our commitment to finding sustainable solutions and fostering a more compassionate society. I extend my heartfelt appreciation to you, Madam Mayor, and to you commissioners for being agents of change and supporting our programs within the city that allows my team to carry out this very challenging and very meaningful work. Your recognition and support are not just an honor, but a powerful instrument to affect change. Together, we can create a community where there are no longer food insecurities and there is truly a place for everyone. Thank you. Thank you. I'll go ahead and read the proclamation now. Whereas the National Coalition for the Homeless and National Student Campaign Against Hunger and Homelessness are sponsors of and have set November 2023 as National Hunger and Homelessness Month and November 11th through the 18th, 2023 as National Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week. And whereas the purpose of the proclamation is to educate the public about the many reasons people are hungry and homeless, including the, the shortage of affordable housing in Lawrence for low-income residents and to encourage support for homeless assistance service providers as well as community service opportunities for students and school service organizations. And whereas the intent of Hunger and Homeless Awareness, Awareness Month is consistent with numerous local organizations who are committed to sheltering, providing supportive services as well as meals, basic needs and supplies to the homeless. And whereas the Lawrence City Commission recognizes that hunger and homelessness is a serious problem for many individuals and families in Lawrence. And whereas people experience unsheltered homelessness these those sleeping outside or in places meant for human habitat for, for human habitation may be at risk for poor health conditions lack of health housing contributes to poor physical and mental health outcomes and connections to permanent housing for people experience homelessness should continue to be a priority now therefore I Lisa Larson mayor of the city of Lawrence Kansas to hear by proclaim the month of November 2023 as National Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Month. And I do urge everyone to support the efforts to end hunger and homelessness in our community. Thank you. All right. Okay, we will move on to public comment.
The public, hang on a second. The public is allowed to speak on issues or items that are not scheduled for discussion on the agenda. Comments should be limited to issues and items germane to the business of the governing body. The commission will not discuss or debate these items, nor will the commission make decisions on items presented during this time. Members of the public will be limited to three minutes for comments. And I would like to emphasize that it does need to be germane to the business that we are trying to accomplish here at, um, at City Hall. Sorry, I'm really tall. That, that can be raised if, if you'd like. You can raise that. Show, no, the, I think we'll be okay. okay. That's all right. Okay. The whole thing goes up. Oh, you have to really hold it in. Um, oh, the whole thing goes up. Okay, thank you so much. Well, good evening, members of the City Commission. Salam alaikum. My name is Philistine Afani Ruzik. Philistine is Arabic from Palestine. I'm a Palestinian American who has lived in Lawrence for 23 years. Today's my birthday. I wish I was celebrating like a normal person, but I can't when there's so much violence happening to my people. For the past month, Gaza has been gripped by a horrifying crisis, one that has killed more than. It needs to be germane to the city business. Yes, I am. I'm getting there. Lawrence has this proud history of standing on the right side of history, of advocating for justice and supporting humanitarian causes. I'm standing before you because last month I asked the City Commission to continue this legacy by considering a resolution expressing solidarity with Gaza and advocating for a ceasefire. Doing so will not only demonstrate our commitment to human rights, but also make our community stronger. And I thank the city in supporting us in our rally last month. I also thank our Jewish friends and colleagues in joining us on this mission. This request we're making is not anti-Semitic. It's crucial to emphasize that there is no room for anti-Semitism in the Free Palestine Movement. Our struggle for justice and solidarity with Palestine should never be equated with endangering Jewish lives. Israeli violence is what puts both Palestinian and Jewish lives in danger. I would like this Lawrence City Commission and all present to think about how our resources and funds, such as tax dollars, are allocated in this conflict. We must ensure that they are not contributing to violence or aiding the IDF. It's vital to consider alternative ways to support peace, justice, and human rights in the region, including a citywide effort to participate in the BDS, which is Boycott FS sanctions movement. For example, sometimes the IDF trains local, not ours, but uh, police forces in other cities. I've covered this when I've worked in the news. Um, you know, I've learned that there's a chemical, an Israeli chemical company in Lawrence that makes phosphorus and white phosphorus is used in Gazans. So in conclusion, I would like us all to kind of think about what we can do with our local government to support Palestinians in this conflict. I hope that Lawrence will continue its tradition of standing for justice and compassion by expressing solidarity with Gaza and advocating for a ceasefire. Together, we can be part of this positive change, making our community and the world a better place. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, other... Other public general public comment. Other general public comment. Hi, um, my name is Debbie Rascal. I'm the managing partner of Limestone Pizza in the 800 block of Massachusetts Street. So back to very local. Um, I'm here to add my voice to the chorus of people who are calling for um, the creation and enforcement of ordinances that are designed to keep our neighborhoods and specifically downtown safe and welcoming spaces. Um, not only for community members, but in particular um, for the people who, who make downtown run, the employees. Limestone employs about 35 people, and um, many of whom are young. Sometimes it's their first job. And I've heard from more than just a few of them that they're 
they've been harassed and intimidated physically and verbally assaulted as they've tried to come and go from work. It's, it's obviously unacceptable, and I know it's a very, very difficult issue, but from the standpoint of a downtown business owner, attracting and retaining good employees is difficult, especially these days. Um, and I think it'll only get more difficult if we don't make sure that downtown is a, is a safe place for people to work. Um, so we're very fortunate to have a great staff, but they shouldn't be frightened to come to work. It, you know, the alleys should be okay for them to walk through. Uh, our downtown, I think, is a unique, it's a unique, unique place. It's a balance of commerce and community. And if we value that, I think we should have common sense rules and boundaries. And, it, and they sh should be for the good of all. Um, it seems like we are at a tipping point, and I hope that we tip in the direction of compassionate yet firm enforcement of these policies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any other general public comment? Good evening, City Commissioners. My name is Mariel Ferredo, and my uh, public comment, uh, I will be representing Sanctuary Alliance tonight, and this does pertain to city business, so I will um, proceed with my comment, hopefully without interruption. Uh, in the summer of 2019, many community members, including myself, organized a rally in response to the horrific injustices occurring at our nation's border. That year, many folks bore witness to the violations of human rights that myself and fellow immigrants experienced throughout our lives. Families attempting to escape danger, poverty, and political violence were separated at the border. Children were taken away from their parents. People were locked in detention centers. We witnessed the attempt of deportation of our community members, all as a result for simply trying to seek safety. We got together and we said, enough. In the following years, we worked with you, commissioners and city staff, to ensure our community remains safe against unlawful enforcement and unjust separation. We stated we are welcoming and safe to all regardless of your background, and we became a sanctuary city. Today, we are witnessing yet another atrocity. In just the last month, there has been over 10,000 victims of intentional genocide in Gaza, and relentless, due to a relentless air raids, there has been murder of over 4,000 children, with many more missing and under the rubble of buildings that have been destructed. There are family members in this room tonight from those places. All of us here are thinking and sick with worry about the many Palestinians who are in danger, who are separated from their families, and who are facing an ethnic cleansing in their own lands. We see the horrifyingly similar effects in Palestine as we did not very long ago here in the United States at the border. Even more, we see the treacherous murder of innocent civilians that cannot be justified as self-defense. Though it may feel out of reach to you and that their land is distant from ours, that does not mean that we do not have a responsibility to act. To make a declaration dedicated to safety for all people, our tax dollars, our military, our exports are directly aiding a genocide. This is why on behalf of Sanctuary Alliance, I am asking commissioners to act. 
local leaders, Palestinian leaders have asked you to sign a resolution for an immediate ceasefire, and we support this act. We ask that you stay vigilant as Islamophobia and anti-Semitism are on the rise in all communities. This is not a religious conflict, but an attempt by the Israeli government to take land and gain power. When we say sanctuary for all, we mean sanctuary for all people, everywhere and at every moment. We say sanctuary for the people of Palestine. In order to do that, we encourage you to listen to these organizers, to make a declaration for ceasefire. Thank you. Thank you, Muriel. Free Palestine. Thank, you. Thank you. Next comment. Good evening, City Council. My name is Jenna Rennam. As a student at the University of Kansas and a resident of the City of Lawrence, I beg for a call of action. I beg the City of Lawrence to call for a ceasefire, to stand behind Ma the- Ma'am, it needs to be germane to business of the city. It does remain we can't call for a ceasefire. So the City of Lawrence cannot say that they don't stand with the genocide of the Palestinian people? Excuse me, I can't hear you. As a city of Lawrence, we can say that we do not condone the genocide of the Palestinian people, can we not? We cannot sign a paper that says that we, we do not stand with the genocide of the Palestinian we people. Call, we are calling for a ceasefire. That's what I'm asking the city of, city of Lawrence to do, is to call for a ceasefire. We are grieving. We are not okay, and we are mourning. But we cannot do it freely because instead we are here pleading for humanity and begging people to see and understand our grief. I am here again begging the city of Lawrence to call for a ceasefire and stand against the genocide of the Palestinian people. As a community, we have been given the choice to be on the right side of history. Lawrence is known as a town built on stolen indigenous lands, so let's make sure that Lawrence is not also known as a town that stood for the extermination of the Palestinian people, the extermination of some of its own residents. It is easy to dissociate from the atrocities occurring overseas, and we can easily shut off the news and continue living our privileged lives. It takes a great effort to keep up with the murders, to watch the videos of children being dug out of the rubble, and, he and hearing the cries of grown men weeping for their mothers. I am here begging the city of Lawrence to make an effort to call for a ceasefire from the comfortable seats that you sit on, and I beg the city of Lawrence to face the uncomfortable. For the remainder of my time, I will be honoring those who have been murdered just this past month. A reminder to all that they are people with lives, with a history. They are not just numbers. Anas Usama Ahmed al-Kurd, age 17. Sara Hassan Ahmed al-Kurd, age 17. Ahmed al-Qasim al-Zuhair Abdul Qadr al-Kurd, age 16. Rawan Hassan Ahmed al-Kurd, age 15. Sama Adnan al-Kurd, age 14. Tuqa Usama Ahmed al-Kurd, age 13. Abdul Rahman Yasir Saeed al-Kurd, age 13. Mujahid Muhammad Ahmed al-Kurd, age 12. Lin Lin Abdul Fattah Zuhair al-Kurd, age 4. Yazid Ahmed Atif al-Kurd, age 2. Zuhair Abdul Fattah Zuhair al-Kurd, age 2. Julia Fawzi Saeed al-Kurd, age 1. Khalil al-Abdul Abdullah Shaheen, age 78. Walid Umar Ahmed Shaheen, age 73. Gamal Yusuf Abdul Latif Shaheen, age 70. Abdullah Shaheen Ahmed Shaheen, 68. Naima Ahmed Abdul Rahman, Thank you, Shaheen, age 65, Free Palestine. Thank you. 
Any other general public comment? If not in the room. <coughs> Hello, City Council. My name is Maya Griswold, and for um, about the last month, I cannot call myself a proud Jewish person, but what I have been able to call myself is a proud citizen of Lawrence. This summer, when you passed City Ordinance, Ordinance 9999, I was nothing but proud about what you guys did. I shared it on Instagram so much, I told everyone, look at what the place I live did. And I asked, I ask now that you do the same, that you make me proud. Because while I can't be proud about being Jewish right now, I want to be proud about living in Lawrence. I want you to say, this is a place where anti-Semitism and Islamophobia will not be tolerated. And that this is a safe place for all people, like you said this summer. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, my name is Nico and I'm here to plead with the Lawrence City Commission to pass a resolution in support of the Palestinian people who are being eradicated as we speak today and collectively call for a ceasefire which can happen. To stand here in this building that is comfortable and safe is a privilege. To not use my voice loudly and clearly in the face of destruction and pain and horror is a severe disservice and I will not contribute to complacency. I have seen this genocide be called many other things, including a war or a conflict instead of what it is. We all need to say it with our full chest. This is a genocide. This is an ethnic cleansing, and this is complete oppression, and I am begging for Lawrence to show, show support for Gaza and to call for a ceasefire now. It's already years too late because this situation is not new. We need to take accountability now and show empathy and compassion. There is a misconception that free speech on this topic is hate speech or anti-Semitic. I think it is crucial we separate the citizens from the government. It is not hateful to acknowledge an abuse of power and the victims of that power on both sides. How is this being rationalized? I am afraid to speak up at work or even wear attire that supports the humanity of others because of the possible repercussions, even though it is not political to acknowledge injustice. We as a city could change that narrative. Do not let propaganda and fear-mongering sway you from the real cause, which is backing the oppressed. Being a voice for those who aren't being listened to or making room for them. Each of us has a responsibility that doesn't start when those with more influence speak out. If even one person convinces another to speak up and that listener convinces others who convince others, we now have a crowd willing to push the status quo. This city has power and is only as strong as the citizens willing to push for change. I urge us to put pressure on the companies funding this genocide by joining the BDS movement and to make it clear that this is not a place for hate speech but free speech everywhere. The world begs for a ceasefire and to condemn oppressive powers, free Palestine, pass a resolution in support of them, and call for a ceasefire now while there is still the opportunity. Thank you. Any other public comment? Now we'll go to Zoom. Oh, we've got somebody. My name is Dr. Justin Spies. Back on the July 18th meeting, 
here at the city meeting, I came in here and tried to speak about masks and a mask policy that you all put in place. And I was cut off and told that it wasn't germane to the business of the commission. So a mask policy that you guys put in place wasn't germane. I got escorted out of here by the police. October of 2022, I came in here and tried to talk about how cost of living is higher now under a Democrat president than a Republican president, and I got escorted out of here. I have a question for, for the same reason, not germane to the city. Question to you. How does anything talked about tonight with ceasefires, anything in Israel, anything with Gaza, have anything to do with your guys' business? That sounds like viewpoint discrimination and unequal, and Excuse unequal. Me. I, I Please be quiet in the audience. People speak and I didn't interrupt. That sounds like unequal protection. So can I talk about masks tonight? So the study that I was gonna talk about back in July, on July 18th had to do with the fact that these masks were starting to be found out that uh, they had a uh, emote, you're not gonna stop me? Why aren't, why aren't you stopping me? It's the same topic. You're gonna escort me out of here now? What's, what's changed? What's changed? Is it germane all of a sudden? And talk about how the cost of living is higher right now with Biden as president than when Trump was president? And Courtney stopped me and said, what does the city have to do with the NASDAQ? Well, what does the city, yeah, it's on video. What, what does the city have to do with a ceasefire? What, what can you do? How is it germane? What can you do? What, what policy are you gonna put in place that's gonna have anything to do with that? Why should our tax dollars go to that? Would you say that that's viewpoint discrimination? I think it is. Any other public comment? If not, we'll go to Zoom. Chris Flowers. Yeah, this is Chris Flowers, and I'm gonna agree with um, Justin, except I'm gonna kind of disagree in that I I think the ceasefire is germane, but I think the stuff he's been he's brought up before has been germane, and y'all do shut him down because of biasness, and I I just want to support the the ceasefire people and. But I, I'd also like to point out, Mayor, you kind of did try to shoot it down and try to claim it's not your, like, it's not city business. I just want to remind you, didn't, didn't you have the city write some kind of letter, like when Trump was claiming that the election wasn't, um, well, the election wasn't right or whatever. Didn't we write some kind of letter after that? So it's just kind of weird. We have written letters before. We wrote a letter where we um, were against the pipeline. So writing a letter uh, supporting a ceasefire is completely in line with city business. And I, I think the reason you kind of shut down the Palestine people is I, I think our mayor might stand with Israel. So I just want to throw that out there. But what I really want to talk about is we need to be more um, thoughtful about what we put on the consent agenda because I think it's absolute bullshit that we would put something on the consent agenda where we would be given access to uh, public land like city property that we would be leasing something for a dollar which is well below 
fair market price, I think. Like if we're gonna be leasing something for money and it's way below what that land's worth to some outside entity, should that be placed on consent or should that be on general consent? And I wanna challenge any of you, if there's something on this consent agenda where some outside entity is getting access to our land for $1 for a five year agreement, I think that's kind of shady and it just, I wonder if it opens the door first. Well, maybe we like this entity, maybe next entity, maybe it's something owned by Compton or, or first management or whatever. Maybe it's owned by some, some kind of entity we don't necessarily trust as much. Is it gonna still be put on consent agenda if we're leasing something out for less than what that land's worth? And you put it on consent agenda because you don't want us pointing it out. You don't want us saying it. And I think it's kind of BS. And we, we're, we're kind of catching on. I, I just want you to know that. Thank you. Alex Kimball Williams. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Awesome. Um, I just wanted to add my voice. Unfortunately, I was on my way to be there in person tonight and Baby Bot fell asleep in the car. So, um, sorry I couldn't join there uh, with you guys in person. But um, it's important to remember that part of slavery ending was the ethical glare of other countries and communities. Um, part of why my family was freed from Master Isham Kimball's plantation in Clark County, Alabama, was because the U.S. was identified as the political hegemon that it was becoming and the horrors it was committing to other human beings. Um, and I never talk about this, um, but I, I have been in a shooting. Uh, my grandfather and my aunt were shot by her boyfriend, and I watched as my grandfather pretended to be dead because that's what he learned to do in the army. And this was also on Lawrence. And that's what the Palestinian people in our community are seeing on the news. They're seeing people like them and their family members being shot. And I can speak from, from experience that that is a terrible thing. Um, it's important to remember that people in our community are witnessing this happening. And you know, also with police brutality on the news, it's the same feeling of kinship to those victims and their families that we feel in black communities. In the way that George Floyd was important everywhere, so is Gaza. There are international issues and um, genocides that are ha that happen that do pertain to everywhere, and that um, you know, remembering again how how other horrors were um, were fixed through you know other places calling it out, and how powerful that is. And we may think that this is just Lawrence, Kansas, but it's also on the Wikipedia page for the Civil War. It's, you know, it's on the map for human rights issues and for standing for freedom. And um, I think it would be a powerful message, especially to those in our community, but also other communities like ours. And not just a resolution for ceasefire or other forms of support and solidarity, but more community events, like a few that, it, that I'm hoping to plan with a group of people. Um, support from the city for those events and for events that other groups are planning and looking into the city's budget you know are we supporting companies that are you know supporting the genocide and so I'll stop there um, but I just wanted to add my voice to the ceasefire comments Stephen Watts with respect to 
the war going on that will impact Lawrence, Kansas, just like the war on housing has impacted Lawrence, Kansas. Lawrence, Kansas was extremely solidified in 1979 with the takeover of the United States Embassy in Iran by sending a delegation of freedom fighters and freedom delegates to free and negotiate a settlement in support of the Palestinian Liberation Operation Organization as well as ending the conflict. Lawrence, Kansas has deep history with respect to the struggle that has gone on in that section of the world with people sticking their heads in the sand and pretending like the problem is going to go away. Here we are almost 50 years later, it has not gone away. And so I also express solidarity with these young people who are approaching our town commission and asking for support. I as an old man know you're not gonna give that. It doesn't pay the rent or the Chamber of Commerce. If it doesn't pay the Chamber of Commerce money, you're not gonna give any money or support. We know that. And hopefully the young people in the audience are going to begin to understand more and more. They can ask all they want. You're not going to deliver. And let's also talk about the war that has been going on in Yemen for eight years with 200,000 people dead. But because it doesn't involve white people, and it doesn't involve Christians. We don't care here in Lawrence. This stuff in the Ukraine, this stuff in Israel, yeah, it really does relate to Lawrence. It comes back here. You can play like it doesn't, but it does. Thank you. Any other public comment? Mo Horowitz. My name is Mo Horowitz. Thank you, commissioners, for deciding to take the time to listen to everyone tonight. As a Jewish resident of Lawrence, I'm begging you to pass a resolution in support of the Palestinian people, including a call for an immediate ceasefire. This is a genocide. On October 9th, the Israeli Minister of Defense said, we are imposing a complete siege on Gaza. No electricity, no food, no water, no fuel. Everything is closed. We are hiding human animals and we will act accordingly. The racism of the last sentence is mind-boggling and to quote Roz Siegel, who is a Jewish scholar of modern genocide, it also explicitly indexes a plan to bring the siege to its final destination of systematic destruction of Palestinians and Palestinian society in Gaza by killing them, starving them, cutting off their water supplies, and bombing their hospitals. Israel's genocidal assault on Gaza is quite explicit, open, and unashamed." Unquote. Genocide isn't a both sides issue, and it should not be controversial to say Palestinians deserve safety, clean water, food, medical care, to live in their homes, and to have full rights and freedoms in the land where their families have lived for generations. I grew up around Holocaust survivors. It wasn't an abstract concept for me. It was my grandmother cursing the Hungarian village where she grew up for enabling the murder of her friends, neighbors, and family members. And if we don't speak up, this is what we are enabling. I was. Be it was also being told not to 
asked about the numbers tattooed on the arms of family, family, friends, and relatives. I think I was five or six the first time I saw silk made from the bodies of dead Jews and photos of their mass graves. I look at what is happening now in Palestine and I see very little difference. Never again means never again for anyone. More than 10,000 Palestinians, including 4,237 children, have been confirmed dead since October 7th. Another 1,350 children are missing and presumed dead. Billions of U.S. tax dollars enable this slaughter. This has to stop. Palestinians should be free. Passing this resolution is the absolute least we can do. Thank you. Any more public comment online? That's all the public comment. Okay, bring it back to the commission then. <laughs> oh, do we want to add more public comment? We're kind of pushing through the crowd to try to get through. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, my name is Anna. I am a resident and a worker in town. And we are all here to remind you guys today that displacement somewhere affects displacement everywhere. A genocide is happening in Gaza, and we see you sleeping on the matter, all five of you. Wake up. A genocide is happening in Gaza. Oh, you sleepwalkers, wake up. We see your lack of consciousness, and we will bang the symbols loud. While you sleepwalk through the town, wake up, a genocide is happening in Gaza. As you sleep, our country is collecting our dollars to pay for a genocide in Gaza. Thousands and thousands of children are dead. Do you see them in your dreams like I do? A genocide is happening in Gaza. They want to relocate an entire city to a tent city, not in the homeland of their martyrs, but in Egypt. On America can taxpayer dime. We are awake and we see you. You used our money to build a tent city here. Along the call where the pawpaws drop, colonizer violence is felt everywhere. The rents continue to rise. You push the poor, the women, and the natives to tent city that you run on our money. This is genocide. Land is everything. A people with no land are nothing. This is genocide. We must hold you accountable. You are blessed to be so comfortable you can sleep for so long. We are learning the drums and will force you awake someday. The people of Gaza are being slaughtered. Their killers train our cops that respond to our landlord's call to throw us out when we can't pay. In Tent City, the displaced cry, a people with no land are nothing. And a people with nothing to lose will force you awake. A genocide is happening here. A genocide happens anywhere America can powers interfere, and you guys have the, a part of these powers. We are here to wake you up. A genocide is happening in Gaza, and displacement somewhere is connected to displacement everywhere. Palestine will be free, and so will we. Good evening, City Commissioners. My name is Lacey Rowe, and I'm here to support the resolution for a ceasefire. I'm here both as a member of Sanctuary Alliance and also for myself. I looked up a Palestinian friend last week to check if he was alive. I was relieved that he's not in Palestine right now. 
When I saw the before and after photos of Gaza, I felt a lump rise in my throat as I remembered watching videos of people saying goodbyes on social media before the bombs fell. A ceasefire had failed. In 2016, the city of Aleppo, Syria was completely bombed to ashes. I learned about this war from a Syrian-American friend who first told me how people had marched down the streets with their neighbors, dancing and singing about dreams of freedom and equality. My friend said it was like seeing color and joy return to the people. But the government responded with the full force of its military. And I learned what a barrel bomb was, that it's cheap, that it's filled with shrapnel. Anyone who survives one is left shredded and permanently disfigured. Barrel bombs decimated Syria. My friend helped translate stories from on-the-ground activists, many of whom were never heard from again. My friend stopped talking about the Syrian war after 2016 because it was too painful. My Palestinian friend also spoke of dreams of freedom and equality for Palestine. Recently, the Israeli government used white phosphorus weapons in addition to bombs. White phosphorus will burn your eyes and skin until it reaches the bone and causes organ failure, unless it's quickly washed off. Now imagine a cloud of this chemical engulfing your neighborhood. In Gaza, all water, food, electricity, fuel, and medical supplies have been cut off by the Israeli government. In Gaza, more than 10,000 people have been killed, including over 4,000 children. On average, that's 2,500 deaths a week, or over 300 a day. In three weeks, more children were killed in Gaza than in all global conflicts annually since 2019. There are 2.3 million people in the Gaza Strip, one of the most densely populated places in the world. Over half are already displaced. Children also make up nearly half of the total population. Is it so hard to take a stand in support of a ceasefire and humanitarian aid? Is it hard to simply say that we want to see an end to these killings? I really hope not, because I don't want to see what happens if a ceasefire fails again. The least we can do is take a stand. Please support this. Thank you. Commissioners, uh, my name is uh, Rowan Schering. I'm a resident of West Lawrence, um, and I want, came here to talk about uh, two things. One of them is that um, I think that the city's decision to not have a winter emergency shelter downtown this year, in conjunction with the recent crackdown on illegal camping. <laughs> Um, is essentially leaving homeless people to die in the city. Um, I know that there was a statement that there was no need for a winter emergency shelter because the Lawrence Community Shelter would be able to provide um, overnight shelter during the winter uh, through their night-by-night -night program. But uh, the Lawrence Community Shelter is like way almost at city limits on the east side of town and um, there's no bus on Sundays. Uh, so there isn't really a way for people to get from the Lawrence Community <coughs> Shelter to the rest of town when they have to check out by 7 a.m. on Sunday mornings, or a way for them to check in uh, between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. on Sunday night, which makes it really difficult for at least two out of the seven days of the week for people to actually use that program compared to the, the winter emergency shelter downtown that 
um, was much closer to where more, most of the homeless population in Lawrence is, and much closer to the other resources that are available in town, like Heartland Community, uh, Community Health Center, or Burt Nash, or the hospital, or uh, the D.A.R.E. Center, or anything like that. And, um, and so I, I, I had seen an article that you guys were working with the transportation system about moving them, but it said nothing about how the buses don't run on Sundays. And I even called the Lawrence Community Shelter to ask them if it worked the way that I was worried that it did, and they said, yeah, basically, and, but that there's nothing they could do about it. Um, so I would really like you to consider uh, either operating the winter emergency shelter or um, making it so that people can actually get reliable transportation because I don't know about you, but uh, walking four and a half miles in the cold where part of the trip doesn't even have sidewalks is not really achievable for people um, in the dead of winter. And uh, I also wanted to say that um, I have, as an individual, the power to recognize and the ongoing genocide of the Palestinian people. and to call for, ask for a ceasefire, and the city commission and the city at large certainly has the power to recognize that genocide and to ask for a ceasefire. Um, thank you for your time. Hi, first time uh, talking, long time fan. You can push, you can have that raise up if you want. Excellent. If you. Okay, thank you for your patience. Um, I'm also here about, um, I want to talk to you about my friend Greg. Um, my three-year-old LJ and I were on a walk downtown Mass Street and we passed some people who were taking shelter from the sun and heat of the day and LJ leaned away, avoidant. I stopped the stroller. I said, say hi to your neighbors, LJ. Uh, we introduced ourselves and a man told us his name and it just, he seemed so nervous, just as nervous as my child. But when he said his name, it was the same as my child's pink flamingo, Greg. And now, whenever we see this man together, whenever we're downtown together, we always greet him by his name and he greets us back. And the point of the story is not that only gregarious people deserve to be seen as people. Recently, many of the city's efforts to see all of its people have pulled away. We seem to have moved further toward a NIMBY standpoint, not my backyard, not my downtown, not on my campsite, as if it were as everyday as a neighborhood association that had banned pink flamingos from the lawn. We have gathered a perfect winter storm of anti-homeless legislation. No camping, no winter site, and nowhere to go except far from our backyards, where there isn't even a bus on Sundays. So they were saying, I encourage those of us who have pulled away to lean closer instead, lean close enough to hear their names. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Hello, my name is Renee Malasmi. I am a Syrian refugee and a citizen at the moment. Not like all others, I haven't prepared what I would say over here, but I'm gonna just speak my heart out. And I just wrote this down really quickly. As a Syrian person who came here as a refugee, a person who spent their childhood living in the Syrian revolution, or a war as you would call it, I can guarantee you that killing terrorists in Israel right to defend itself 
that is blasting the media of our country, the US, is nothing but an excuse to kill more innocent lives. When my government bombed and shot my house, their excuse was there was terrorists, when in fact, the government, like Israel, are the terrorists. But I guarantee you that there was nothing but innocent individuals who had dreams and love for living. The excuse of killing terrorists is nothing, nothing, but an excuse to murder innocent lives, mothers, fathers, wives, and husbands, and children, and commit a genocide like what is happening in Gaza. You don't have to go through a similar experience to speak up for justice. You just need to be a human being. We demand taking actions and calling for ceasefire. Thank you. Any other public comment? Hi, commissioners. My name is Elise Higgins, and I'm speaking as an advocate for reproductive justice and a member of Sanctuary Alliance. Um, whether it is appointing trustees to LMH, or governing our health department, or working to make housing more affordable, our city clearly values public health and the well-being of our families. And if we believe that everybody deserves to be able to have children and raise them in a safe and healthy environment, uh, then we have to extend those those values and that care for our community by speaking out for our family in Palestine and passing a ceasefire resolution, which respectfully, Mayor, the city absolutely can do. According to the UN, there are more than 50,000 pregnant women in Gaza, with more than 180 people giving birth every day as bombs fall. Our sisters in Gaza are unable to access the services they need to birth safely and care for their babies. Israel has bombed the majority of hospitals in Gaza. 14 of them are closed, as are 45 primary health centers, which is forcing women to give birth in shelters, in rubble, or in overcrowded hospitals, uh, where sanitation is worsening and the risk of infection is, is increasing, um, and medical complications are on the rise. It's been widely reported in the last week that some women have had to have C-sections with no anesthesia. And many people are also birthing too early because of the stress of genocide. There's been a rise in stress-induced miscarriages, stillbirths, and premature births. If babies are born, the blockade on humanitarian aid means parents are struggling to feed and care for their families, which of course increase the risks of malnutrition and disease and death. The lives of medically fragile newborns are hanging on by a thread. If hospitals run out of fuel, the lives of 130 premature babies um, who are relying on intensive care services will be threatened. 4,600 displaced pregnant women and about 380 newborns living in UN facilities right now require medical attention as we speak. That is all to say, I am sure that you know people who have experienced complicated births, um, whose babies or, or who themselves would have died without medical intervention. I am one of those people. I also know we all have children in our lives that we love and care about, and I know that you all take community health seriously. I am asking you to extend the love and care that you feel for your people and the way that you steward our community's resources um, to make life better for all Lawrence families outward to our family in Palestine. If Lawrence passing a ceasefire resolution inspires even one other city or county to do the same, if it helps to move public opinion even an inch on this issue and ends genocide that much sooner, it will be worth it. Thank you. Any other public comment on this item? Come on. 
Hi, sorry, I wasn't planning on speaking. That's okay. My name is Kali Abdullahi, and I'm a resident of Lawrence. And I just wanted to like also add my voice to the ceasefire resolution that I urge all of you guys to take into consideration. But I also would like you guys to go a little bit further and really think about where our tax dollars are going to. Now that Biden has and the administration has pledged more billions of dollars to Israel, as well as more military weapons, I think that money is coming from us. So as our elected representatives, I think you should really look hard and see where our tax money is being spent, not only in Palestine, but in Sudan and Congo, where it's being coined as a silent holocaust where millions of people have already died. So I think we should really look hard to see where our money is going and to like make it like a hard line that we're not going to continue to take our taxpayer money and fund it towards genocide. Thank you. And that's pretty much it. You know, the public comment. Not. Hello. Uh, my name is Robbie Robinson, and um, I'm representing the Reefay Lounge or Bar Downtown. Um, we sent you this email, actually, um, and I just wanted to read it to you in person. Um, Dear Lawrence City Commissioners, the Reefay Lounge is best known for its wild rock and roll shows, eccentric pride and drag events, our beloved pinball machines, and bartenders that make you feel like family. Our regulars are likely some of the most diverse, quirky, fascinating, and lovable people you will ever meet. Our establishment is proudly considered a Lawrence staple and a hub for celebration in our community. Um, having said that, it deeply saddens us to know that our people are hurting, and we choose not to sit idly by while our community is in mourning, and we cannot celebrate at this moment. Um, Today, we respectfully ask for you to pass a resolution in favor of a ceasefire. We ask you to support our community members affected by the ongoing conflict in Palestine. We ask you to support the international community members in any way you can, uh, who may be students and staff at KU or refugees or descendants of refugees in Lawrence, who will grieve the tragic loss of loved ones for years to come. Um, we're doing our part to support this community by pledging $500 towards UNICEF's emergency response fund for children and families in Gaza. Um, and we ask that you please consider donating any amount to this fund or one similar to it. Um, our community has always stood for peace, justice, and equality. Above all else, Lawrence has always believed in courageously standing in the face of adversity and opposition, truly since the conception of the city itself. We strive to protect the courage it takes to be different and to care for one another, and we urge you to do the same. Thank you. Okay, no other public. All right, welcome back, right? Did I not get a welcome back? I told some people to pay attention to the camera usage. Mayor, I'd like you to be able to at least fake interest. I've been standing back here watching you fidget and just jump around in your chair with- So you need to speak to the body of the, of the government and not point it. The mayor, who is an elected representative, and I'd appreciate it if you don't interrupt me anymore. Again, I'd appreciate it if you could at least fake interest because it's disrespectful the way you're jumping around in your chair and not able to focus, looking at the timer all the time instead of paying attention to the person that's out here. 
Secondly, this plan on the consent agenda about the library property, I assure you there's a trust. Sir, you need to speak to the governing body. Sir, you need, you're need you out of order. You are out of order of further out, outbreaks. Actually, you know what? I'm speaking to the governing body, Mayor Larson. I don't think it matters where I look, does it? Is there a reasonable rule that I have to follow that says I have to look in a certain direction? This is the bias of a mayor that can't stand to listen to people talk about people dying. Why do you let your bias show so clearly? Why can't you sit there and just listen? You bang that gavel several times where people couldn't even hear it banging. As I was saying, there is a trespass challenge coming if you do this with the library. I will be that person. And I will hopefully see a police officer there that's got the nuts to push through what you're wanting to do here. Because the only reason you're written that or leasing it to the library for a dollar is to control homeless people. That's the only reason. And it's laid bare. Just like it's laid bare the intent with LCS. You couldn't find a provider for pallets, so now you're gonna create one out of thin air. That's not gonna cut it. And everybody that knows anything about the proper kind of care and proper kind of approach knows it. Before I run out of time here that has been interrupted several times by a mayor that can't sit there and just listen, police officers are now wearing little spy cam gear, walking around in public with spy glasses on. I had an interaction with a couple of them. Go ahead, look at the time there. I got 10 seconds left. Is it just killing you? I had an interaction with one of them telling them that they needed to announce themselves when they're out at the homeless camp around the tents. Time. It's respect. Time. Dang it. Hi, everyone. My name is Sophie. I have lived in Lawrence going on five years now. Um, first, I'd just like to encourage everyone to take a deep breath. Um, remember that we're all here, and I know you guys are here because you care about making this world a better place, whether that's on our local community or on the world. Um, so I was curious about what was said earlier, that it is not germane for the city to pass a resolution supporting Palestinians in Gaza. Um, just a quick Google search will show that Richmond City Council in California recently passed a resolution supporting Palestinians in Gaza. So it absolutely has been done by city councils, and I think that sets a great example and something we should move forward with. Um, second. I looked up the city's code um, and read the chapter on human relations, and I'd just like to read a little bit from that. Um, it states that the practice or policy of discrimination against persons by reason of race, sex, religion, color, national origin, age, ancestry, familial status, sexual orientation, disability, gender identity, source of income, or immigration status is a matter of concern to the city of Lawrence, since such discrimination not only threatens the rights and privileges of the inhabitants of the city, but also menaces the institutions and foundations of a free democratic state. So I'd just like to say if we care so much and we have these words written about discrimination, how much more should we care about a genocide? Thank you. Any other general public comment? Okay, if not, we'll bring it back up to the commission to move on to item E. Mayor, come on. You know all these people want to speak. I don't know. They're, come on up if you want to speak. It's not 
Sir. So my name is Maya Horsdig. I'm a student at KU here, and I'm appalled to see the reactions on the staff today on all of us trying to talk about the atrocities that are happening in Palestine. It affects us here. It is not just in Palestine and Gaza. If there was a ceasefire yesterday, every single child that died today would be alive. That's it. Uh, there are so many, there's so much death and destruction that's happening, and we can do something about it. We can talk about it. We can make a stand. It is time to use our voices and not try to silence your constituents. Uh, there's so much death and destruction. Just 4,000 children, 10,000 citizens of Gaza dead in 30 days. I watched a video this morning and she said, her name is Bisan. Uh, she's on Instagram as Wizard Bisan. And she said, just in the past 24 hours, 1,500 people were killed by Israeli bombs. That's gross. That's and our president can't do nothing about it. He has asked for a human, humanitarian pause, Netanyahu who said no. So we can do, all we can do is sit here and fight at our local governments for a ceasefire, for a free Palestine. Thank you. Any other general public comment? Any other public comment? Hi all, um, I'm Sarah and I'm the hub coordinator of Sunrise Lawrence and I just thought it was interesting that this meeting today began with proclamations for World War I where we talked about you know dedicating the Liberty Memorial for World War I and how we all as children growing up in public schools know the lesson from that was never again. And so when the first two speakers were interrupted as they brought forth their concerns about violence that's happening on a global scale. And unless you're living under a rock and don't have access to internet or really any type of communication form whatsoever, you are being exposed by proxy to the violence that is not normal and not humane to see. I have seen videos that I have not even tried to see just by going about my day that will haunt me to the day that I die. And that is nothing in comparison to the atrocities that the people of Palestine are living through currently. Currently, the people who have been expelled from the areas that they live, those people, those refugees have been bombed. They are knowingly bombing refugees. They are knowingly bombing hospitals. They are knowingly bombing schools. They have killed multiple journalists with in their entire families to the point that, like they know where everyone lives. They are killing these people because they can and because they want to. And at what point, like, this happened 30 days ago, we've been trying to do something about it, and this is the best thing we could think to do. If any of you had thought of this earlier, we wouldn't be here right now. Um, if you don't like a lot of people coming to public comment and saying, like, we need to do something about something that's happening at an international level, then maybe you should think about what you could do in your seats and your power that we elect you to do to take care of that. Like, it's horrifying. Um, Additionally, I just wanted to say that um, I actually just came here after voting, and I think it's just really interesting because like, I, I was able to exercise my right to vote, and I know that Palestinians do not currently have that right. And so for that reason, I felt even more motivated to speak on their behalf because this is just an atrocity. And the fact that we're looking back on something that happened 100 years ago and we're making proclamations about it, but we're not gonna make a proclamation today about what we can do to stop the violence that's happening daily that we're paying for, whether we want to or not, is just despicable. Please pass a resolution for a ceasefire. And also, going back to the BDS um, 
ways that we can uh, boycott, divest, and sanction um, manufacturing of white phosphorus that is being used on Palestinians currently and melting wounds to the bone. So thank you. Hi, my name is Daniel Murray. Uh, I'm a resident of uh, 539 Millstone Drive. Uh, I'm a Boy Scout, I'm an Eagle Scout. My brother and sister are also Eagle Scouts and uh, they couldn't be here today, but um, they asked me to speak for them as well. Uh, I can't say it any better than everyone else said it. Um, I'm gonna lend my, my support. I'm not Jewish, I'm not Muslim. I'm just a person who knows a genocide when I see one. So yes, if we could uh, get on that. Uh, I would really appreciate a, a resolution uh, condemning the war in Gaza, asking for a ceasefire. I might also add that uh, Israel is not the only US ally currently engaged in uh, ethnic cleansing. Uh, Azerbaijan is also uh, deporting hundreds of thousands of Armenians. And uh, Turkey is currently bombing uh, the Syrian Defense Forces, uh, so Syrian Kurds. It's complicated. It's all bad. It's very much related to the US. Um, I wanted to address, yeah, the fact that this was supposed to be uh, irrelevant. Um, I, I really do appreciate people bringing up BDS. One thing I would like to highlight is that it is currently illegal for the Kansas state to make major contracts with companies who are in BDS. I know that that's not the Lawrence Law, but you know, in our um, our request for a ceasefire, uh, our call for a ceasefire, we could also add a call to the State House saying it is absolutely a violation of our First Amendment to say that those who do not want to give their money to the IDF, those who do not want to support the apartheid regime, those who do not want to support the invasion, that you are not allowed to work with the state, like this is this is ridiculous. So um, that is just something on a more local level um, that I would really appreciate if we could add. Uh, we could ask the state house to please remove the ban on uh, Kansas contracts for those companies who are involved with BDS. Um, that is all, and uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Any other general public comment? Hello, my name is Jordan. Um, I am an educator who lives in Lawrence. Uh, speaking to the BDS movement, um, I would like to say that yes, this is absolutely relevant to Lawrence residents um, because there are international boycotts happening right now of McDonald's, Starbucks, and Disney. and. That is affecting local workers um, all over the country and all over the world. So um, I do think it is really, really germane to this body uh, that we pay attention to BDS legislation and especially anti-BDS legislation, especially considering um, people in Lawrence may lose their entire livelihoods because these boycotts are not stopping. Um, in fact, these boycotts are ramping up all over the the globe um, and choosing to ignore the boycotts and the economic effect and ruination that can cause to Lawrence workers is quite frankly a dismissal of your your responsibilities as elected officials. It is absolutely germane that you pay attention to BDS legislation. Um, but also from um, the perspective of an educator who could lose my job um, for speaking out against Israel right now. Um, I teach children for a living. That is my calling, that's my livelihood, and I'm very, very proud of being a, a teacher. 
I'm especially proud of being um, one of the only Native American teachers um, that I've met so far uh, in my building, although I'm lucky to have multiple. Um, I know that my students will be very severely impacted if I lose my, my contract with, um, with the state of Kansas because I'm a public school educator. Um, so me speaking out, I'm, I'm shaking right now because I don't want my full name getting out just in case somebody files a complaint and calls me an anti-Semite for speaking out against the atrocities um, happening towards Palestinian children, refugees, um, disabled. It's, it's horrifying that I could lose my job for exercising my freedom of speech because in the, in the state of Kansas, I don't have it if I am speaking against Israel. That is germane to this body. What is also germane to this body is the fact that I want protections for myself. I want that freedom of speech back in any form or fashion that Lawrence can offer me. I live here. I should be able to speak freely and without consequence um, or, or risk to my, my livelihood against atrocity, especially those committed against children. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Any other public comment? Hello, I am a Palestinian American. I'm a current student at the University of Kansas. So today I came in with my mind made up that I was not going to speak out of fear. But after sitting here and watching you guys react to some of the speeches over here, I just couldn't sit back anymore. I've been watching your faces this whole time and I see some of you murmuring stuff under your breath and having faces of disgust and rolling your eyes. You guys cannot let your own personal bias get in the way of your job. You are supposed to represent the people of Lawrence, okay? So please do not just blatantly ignore them like that. We are calling for a ceasefire. Stop saying you can't do anything about it. If you, you know that if you wanted to do something about it, you could. It's obvious you don't want to do anything about it because you don't care if Palestinians are dying. You simply just don't view them as humans. So please, just look into that and please call, look into looking for a ceasefire. Right now, our tax money is being sent into Israel to kill other Palestinians. I am paying to kill my own grandma, to kill my own aunt. Do you know the guilt that gives you? It's horrible. So please look into, at least just look into it, do research, and look into signing a ceasefire letter. You guys can release something. Stop saying you can't do anything. That's not true. Look into it, please. Thank you. Any other public comment? Any other public comment? No other public comment. We'll bring it back to the commission. Move on to item E, which is our consent agenda. We'll let the folks clear out. We already did on long here. Do you want to? I don't see any raised hands.
take a quick break or just wait? Yeah, why don't we take a five-minute break while we're waiting for this? Thank you. Yeah. We are back, and we're on to item E, the consent agenda. Items on the consent agenda are considered under one motion and approved by one motion. Members of the governing body may remove items for separate discussion if desired. Members of the public may remove items identified as quasi-judicial for separate discussion if desired. Members of the public will be limited to three minutes for comments. Are there any commissioners that would like to pull anything from the consent agenda? No? Are there any commissioners that would like to pull, I guess, at the quasi-judicial item? Nope. Any members of the public want to pull the quasi-judicial item? Anybody on Zoom? Nope. No, Mayor. Bring it back to the commission and I'll ask for a motion. Move for approval of the consent agenda. Second. I have a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Passes five to zero. We'll move on to the work session. The work session provides an opportunity for the City Commission to discuss items in greater detail. The Commission will take no binding action on items presented during this time. Work session topics are eligible for public comment. Members of the public will be limited to three minutes for comments. We will start with receiving a report on the prosperity and economic security update. Yep. Uh, good evening, Mayor and Commissioners. Uh, Sam Camp, Economic Development Analyst for the City. Go ahead and pull up the presentation. Okay. Um, so tonight, uh, we're just going to be going over a, a brief review of um, an, up, an update and proposed um, process for changing the uh, economic development policy in 2024 and 2025. Um, so just as a brief reminder before we get started, prosperity and economic security. Um, the outcome is that the city of Lawrence fosters an environment that provides all people and businesses the opportunity for economic security and intentionally acknowledges, removes, and prevents barriers created by systemic and in institutional injustice. Our community succeeds because of the collective prosperity and a vibrant, sustainable local economy. Um, presented in front of you are the, are the 10 key performance indicators covered under prosperity and economic security. Um, tonight's presentation um, mainly focuses on PES 3, 8, 9, and 10, highlighted on the screen. Um, and then just an outline of the next few slides. So we're going to go over a background of the, the city's economic development policy, um, our proposed updates for 2024, and then our proposed um, larger revision overhaul um, in 2025. Um, so brief background, um, the city has had uh, long-held policies on a variety of incentive tools, um, the industrial revenue bonds, neighborhood revitalization areas, tax increment financing, all of the ones that we've um, presented to you before. Um, each has received periodic updates. Um, we've tried to bundle these together in the past so we don't have to keep doing each individual one. And since approximately 2009, there have been five of these bundles of updates. Um, the most recent change took place in 2019. Uh, this was pre-pandemic. Um, it was before the creation of the city's strategic plan, as well as the community economic development strategic plan, and does not consider plan 2040, the city's current comprehensive plan. Um, so some, pro some proposed changes that staff has for 2024. Um, 
general text updates, uh, mainly including the replacement of references to Horizon 2020, the previous comprehensive plan, um, to the current one, um, updating application fees to better reflect staff time um, dedicated to, to working through and processing these requests, as well as to be on par with our neighboring Kansas communities, and the removal of the policy section on transportation development districts. Um, right now, they are similar to the community improvement district, both in the way they're financed and the uh, improvements that they finance. The community improvement district has a far broader eligible scope of costs, um, so we see it as a little uh, redundant to have both policies. For the proposed 2025 larger revision, um, this will be a more ambitious overhaul to the policy. Um, it will require a more robust engagement and development process than previous minor updates to policies, um, which means we'll need to seek out outside support or consultant help um, to ensure the process meets the standards that our community expects. Um, this original, this request was not originally considered in our uh, in the staff's uh, 2024 budget proposal, um, so it will need to be considered early next year when we start creating the 2025 budget. Uh, staff will need to utilize consultant services to engage stakeholders to help identify priority areas for, for the application or use of incentives um, and determine the appropriate use of specific incentive tools and any caps or limitations. Um, simply put, this would be helping us determine the how and the where. Um, so this was just a, a brief presentation of what we have um, planned. We will obviously bring uh, changes back to you as they are outlined and specifically written out. Um, but if there are any questions or comments at this time, we can consider some of those. All right. Any questions for Sam? Sam, the I don't know, maybe three years ago now, we did the economic, um, strategic, economic development strategic plan. Mm -hmm. And obviously COVID was in there too. But how do you see that interreact? Inter interacting with this, and do you see us updating that at the same time we update the policy? I mean, I know they're slightly different, but obviously if we're talking about what we're trying to incentivize, that. So I think um, when you when you read through, and it was uh, the economic development strategic plan and the city strategic plan were kind of created at the same time, and you'll mm -hmm. see um, the strategic plan, the city strategic plan was slightly after, so you see some of the influence of the economic plan in the city's broader plan. Um, the economic plan gives us a lot of direction in terms of here's the things that you should be pushing towards, here's the actions you should be taking. Um, so I see that plan um, and you know both citywide and economic plan influencing a lot of how we develop this new economic development policy. That's what I hoped you'd say, but thank you. <laughs> uh, Sam, I had a quick question. Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned that on our application fees that we're a little bit off from our neighboring municipalities. I was just curious about how far that difference was. So it depends on the incentive and in the uh, agenda report, I think at the very bottom I have a, a table for you all to look at, um, but generally we charge about half um, what the other communities that provide the same incentives um, provide. Okay. Any other questions? Yeah, Sam, um, going back to your presentation here for what you're looking at, having some consultant help on, I know I've shared in the past um, that I thought our affordable housing section needed a little bit of rebuffing. Wow. Is there discussion to, is there a consideration for looking at that section as well? 
Um, I know we've had discussions about whether um, the affordable housing piece is an appropriate place in the economic development policy. Maybe this needs to be handled under PDS and their KPIs. Um, if you look at the, the prosperity and economic, economic security KPIs, something like affordable housing isn't specifically mentioned, but PDS uh, Right. But we can take, but as it relates to economic development, we can use tax incentives to support economic, to support that, such as the NRA. So I can kind of see. Yes. What uh, both? Maybe an example I would use is um, St. Louis. The city of St. Louis, Missouri, recently updated their economic development policy and their whole process to what they have as a scorecard, mm -hmm. um, which is essentially you want to provide, you know, you want to build a development that seeks city incentives you need to, um, is your project going to include X, Y, and Z public benefit? Um, so we might, we would work with the consultant to decide if a mandatory uh, affordable housing requirement for every uh, residential project is required, um, or if it's best practice to make it an option and make that a high bar. You'd, so it's not just, so. Because we can't mandate. That's state law, so we're preemptive from mandating anything related to affordable housing, so. They can volunteer, they can volunteer to do affordable housing if it's a volunteer agreement between the developer and the city. If there's an incentive, we can do that. We can go, they can volunteer in that, but we can't mandate any type of affordable housing. No, so the, yeah, this would strictly be for um, projects that seek city incentives. Okay. Um, that would that would be if we were on like a scorecard model. Okay. That would be an okay. Example. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'm tracking now. <laughs> the skittles aren't aren't helping my, my my hunger. So I wanted to make sure I was tracking with you there. And I was no, like, I'm, I don't want to get us in trouble. No, I'm, I'm, all right. Visuals always help. Unfortunately, I you're okay. I, I knew what you were saying. I just wanted to make sure mm -hmm. we weren't we weren't putting a false hope out there. But I, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any other questions? Just one, one more quick one. When okay. I was looking back through the, the policy development, I always, there was a section, I was trying to find it real quick, that specifically calls out in the current policy, I thought I pulled it, but in regards to PERC, oh, I got the talking and now I lost it. Where essentially if, where it says, where it says, and I, I'm trying to find it, I may have to email it to you, where it says city or the city staff or PERC could review compliance in regards to incentives. Is that something that PERC currently does right now? Is there some type of compliance? No, any kind of any kind of back end compliance or annual compliance mm -hmm. where for our NR for the, the policy or incentives that in the policy require a year over year compliance mm -hmm. check, that's currently done by staff. Okay. Um, staff presents a an annual economic development report, the one that ends up coming to the commission. Right. That's first reported to PERC. Okay. So they can review beforehand. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. All right. Any more? Okay. We will um, open it up for public comment at this time. Any public comment on this item? No? Okay. Any public comment online? Stephen Watts. Hi. Thank you. 
Sam, I appreciate your efforts there. Can you tell me in relation to staff will utilize consultant services to engage stakeholders? Can you please specifically identify stakeholders and does it include regular people or does it just include people with a whole lot of money? That's what my question is in relation to all of this process. I look at a slick PowerPoint presentation, but it doesn't identify specifics, which is typical to the way our town does business. It does not identify specifics. It continually lists vague terms such as stakeholders. I see you there, Ms. Sellers. I know your board is all hell. Anyway, that's the question, and there will be more in the future. Thank you. You know the public comment online? That's it. Now we'll bring it back to the commission. Any other thoughts on this item? Sam, do you want to address who the no, stakeholders are that you <laughs> might consider? Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think we would probably work with the consultant, probably with their past experience um, that they would have. And we haven't identified this as, um, I think, in the memo or in the agenda report, we kind of have a loose, a loose outline of how this would go. Um, we would work with the consultant to identify who the stakeholders are. Um, certainly, if we were to move towards a model where public benefit is a major part of the, um, the new policy, where we determine either um, some sort of public benefit is required or um, it, we highly incentivize projects that have a lot of public benefits either volunteer through the developer or um, through the policy itself we would certainly engage with the general public um, as to what those benefits would be um, reviewing you know any of the plans or policies we have but also working with the public to identify you know out of this list maybe are there some that are prioritized higher than others certainly affordable housing in our current policy is something along those lines um, so the general I know stakeholders is often a general term that basically means everyone in some people's minds um, but certainly uh, the general public um, anyone who would receive a, a public good or public benefit would be considered as part of the stakeholder group. Okay. Thank you. Sam. Anything else on this item? If not. I, I guess I'd only say that I, I mean, I look forward to this and, and indeed, I, I wouldn't mind if we were able to speed it up a little bit and get going on this even sooner than, than that. Um, Cause I think, you know, as we, continue to try to implement our strategic plan and reach those goals um, you know having the policies that help us implement those goals um, you know in code makes sense so um, I understand it's a process though um, and we don't move fast but appreciate the efforts and I guess I hope it's early 25 not not late 25 <laughs> look yeah I can yeah. absolutely I, I I'm, I'm Pretty encouraged by them as well because it uh, gives us a greater opportunity to compete, um, and uh, you know, um, in terms of where we are in other municipalities, and uh, you know, to really spur our economic development. So, thanks. Thank you. That it. Okay, we will move on to item H, which is our regular agenda item. We've got two, 
and both of them both of them are public hearings. We will begin the first one with a staff presentation for vacation right away. Uh, good evening, Mayor, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Chris Rice. I'm a project engineer with the city's municipal services and operations department, um, and I'll be facilitating this agenda item. Um, uh, the city was approached by Gear Lawrence Property Owner LLC to vacate uh, a section of right of way located between um, Illinois and Mississippi streets. Previously, Farnborough Drive um, went through this section um, prior to it being relocated in 2018. Um, and as part of that project, um, a plat was recorded, the Farnborough Edition final plat. Uh, wherein there's a note that says upon construction and acceptance of all public improvements associated with relocation um, that the existing portion of Bamber Drive right of way will be vacated by a separate instrument. Um, and so this action um, this evening is um, in service of that note to basically finish out this, uh, this project from 2018. Um, <clears throat> In lieu of the right-of-way, the applicant's proposing to dedicate a utility easement as part of a minor subdivision. Um, that's going through the planning office, and CC Riley is the planner associated with that. Um, she's on the call as, as well if we have any questions related to the utility portion. Um, given that we'll be receiving a utility easement um, that would allow city uh, the city to access existing utilities as well as um, our franchisees um, staff recommends approving this order of vacation um, and i guess as a point of note there's three actions this evening kind of under one agenda item the first being opening and closing a public hearing the second being adopting on first reading the associated ordinance for the vacation, and then the third being the acceptance of utility easements. So um, I'm happy to stand for any questions you may have. And as I said, CC's here to speak to any of those um, planning actions as well. Right. Any questions for staff? If not, we'll open the public hearing at this time. Any public comments on this? Any public comments from the Zoom? No, Mayor. Okay, we'll bring it back up here. Close the public hearing. And... I'd move to adopt on first reading ordinance number <laughs> 1011. Not much to say here. Yeah. 10011. Second. I have a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed. Passes five to zero on the second action. I move to accept dedication of utility easement as shown on the plat MS 23-00234 Fambro slash Hill second edition located at 1031 Mississippi Street and 800 Fambro Drive. Second. I got a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Uh, against. Passes five to zero. Move on to item number two, which is also a public hearing item. Um, for the right-of-way uh, adjacent to property commonly known as 1208 East 13th Street. Staff. Commission. Uh, my name is Aaron Parker. I'm a project engineer with the city's municipal services and operations department. And I'm facilitating this agenda item. This agenda item is similar to the one just presented in that it's um, a two-part um, right-of-way vacation ordinance, um, first reading of the ordinance to be heard at a public hearing, and the second part that is um, typically on the consent agenda, but it's tied to the vacation of right-of-way um, that includes a dedication of easement and right-of-way um, for uh, based on the development application. 
Um, first, I'll present the right away vacation, and then I'll present the dedications, and then I'll show a depiction of the proposal. So it's straightforward to look at. Uh, the right-of-way vacation is approximately 10 feet wide section of East 13th Street, adjacent to a lot commonly known as 1208 East 13th Street. Um, it's lots 149 and 150 of the Fairfax Division in Lawrence. Um, the existing right-of-way is 80 feet in width, um, and located between Brook Street and Laura Avenue on East 13th Street. Um, if the vacation ordinance is approved, uh, the right-of-way width on East 13th Street will be 70 feet which exceeds the municipal services and operations minimum um, design criteria width for right-of-way of 50 feet for local roads, which each 13th Street is a local road by the Transportation 2050 plan. Uh, the vacated right-of-way will be reverted to property, private property and will contain a seven and a half foot wide at its southern edge uh, public utility easement, which is described later. Um, to accommodate an existing utility infrastructure, which is a fiber optic line running in the southwest corner of the vacated section. I'll note also that the area with the utility easement cannot be built upon with the vertical structure for MSO policy. Um, so the land is protected for the use uh, by the city and franchise utilities for um, utility infrastructure. Um, all property owners within 400 feet of the vacation area were notified and no objections were received and MSO and staff recommend approval of the um, vacation ordinance. Um, then in terms of the dedications, um, Fairfax edition number five is the minor subdivision that triggered um, the request to vacate the right-of-way and dedicate easements and right-of-way. It's MS 23282 and um, Planning and Development Services uh, cases. Uh, and that proposes the creation of one plotted lot from parts of two plotted lots, the vacated right-of-way that's the subject of this um, public hearing in the ordinance. Um, and the planner is Ellie Mullen. She's here if there's any questions on the PDS Planning and Development Services um, side of things for the minor subdivision. Um, so the dedication of right-of-way is to convert um, a not fully dedicated section of property that was formerly a trolley trail um, right-of-way before it was dedicated to property and to public right-of-way for roadway. Um, it was not fully formed when the property was platted, um, and so the dedication of a portion of the property back to alley right-of-way is one of the proposals and the dedications here. The other is the uh, aforementioned public utility easement along the southern edge of that vacated section of property. And this is a lot of information, so I um, prepared a something I can show you if I can share my screen. I don't seem to have the right. I don't know if that was to be set up ahead of time. Sorry. It's not too complicated, um, but it would be nice. To Is that something I can do? There? You should be able to. It says one can share. Host disabled participant screen sharing. What's the message I'm getting? Thank you. So you're probably 
we're seeing a, this is the property, um, and you all see this outlined in red currently. Um, the gray area is the alley paved extent, and the right of way, as you can see, is a 15 foot alley right of way. Um, and then here is East 13th Street, the paved portion, um, curb to curb, and then the right of way width. Um, so here's the existing property in red. Um, I can then show you the portion of alley that needs to be dedicated is to bring the alley width in line with the existing alley width in terms of its right of way along the entire alley. This application is also requesting a variance, which was approved um, by Planning Commission um, to have less than the MSO standard 20 foot alley right of way. Um, this is common throughout the city and it was approved. Um, so we want to bring the, uh, we want to dedicate right of way in the alley to bring the alley width up to the standard of what's currently in the alley, including that um, variance request that was approved. Um, so once that dedication happens, the property will look like this. Um, then we have a vacation requested here along East 13th Street. As you can see, the distance from the vacated section, the southern edge, to the roadway, um, I think it's about, notes here, I think it's about 30 feet, um, maybe 28 feet, something like that, 23 feet um, of unimproved right of way. So that would be grass and potentially a tree. I think there's a tree here. Um, so once that's vacated, um, probably look like this, and then there would be a utility easement dedicated right here. Um, and this dash green line is the fiber optic line. It's a main line for a provider running through what will be part of the property. So this easement will allow utilities and um, the city to put infrastructure in. There are no conflicts with existing utilities and utility providers have been notified of this. Um, there's a city existing water main down here, um, well off where the vacated area is being requested. And typically dedications are considered, as I mentioned, part of the consent agenda. Um, as the Associated Minus Division also proposes this vacation, the two items are being heard together and are to be approved as two separate motions. Okay. Thank you. Any questions? There are no questions. We will open the public hearing and ask for any comments from the audience, from the room. See none. Any online? No, Mayor. Right. Bring it back to the commission. Close the pup. Go ahead. I was going to say I appreciate MSO's presentations. We don't get to hear from them a lot, but both of you did excellent jobs tonight and good presentations. So, unless there's more comments, I'd move to adopt on first reading ordinance number one zero zero one five. Second. The first and the second. All in favor. Aye. Opposed. Passes five to zero. Second item. I move to accept ded dedication of easements and right of ways as shown on plat MS 23-00282, Fairfax edition number five, located at 1208 East 13th Street. Second. I have a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes five to zero. All right, we're on to item I, which is commission items. Are there any commission items from any commissioners? 
none. If not, we will move on to item J, which is the city manager's report, future agenda items. My only item is uh, future agendas. Okay. Any questions for Craig? Okay, we, this is a public comment item. Open it up for public comment. Any public comment from the room, if not on Zoom? No, Mayor. Bring it back to the commission. Okay, we are on to reviewing the calendar. Any items on the calendar to, of note? Um, if not, move on. Move to adjourn. Okay. Do I have a second? Second. First and second to adjourn. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes five to zero. Have a good evening, everyone. Yep. Thank you.